life can get pretty complicated. In the Simply Practically Human podcast, Mark Labusk talks to incredible humans to see the way forward more clearly through the complexity in the world and in our heads. Let's get ready to thrive. G'day there, fellow humans. Mark Labusk here for another episode of the Simply Practically Human podcast, Going Solo here. And um, I'm not sure if you've come across this, listeners, but uh, if you haven't, I'm suggesting you've had your head buried in the sand. Apparently, there's this thing going on at the moment called the Great Resignation. That's right, the Great Resignation. So there's a bit of data around which would support some of that, that, you know, people are quitting in their droves at uh, over four months in a row in the States. They've had the, the highest numbers on record of human beings quitting their jobs. So, you know, there's some data there. It's lovely to see. And uh, all of a sudden, it's front page news. I am a LinkedIn devotee, and for you who are as well, if you haven't seen about every fourth article referring to the Great Resignation and uh, coming from all sorts of angles, experts, thought leaders, consultants, a whole lot of people. You might see it on YouTube. There's lots of videos there about the Great Resignation and, and what it's doing to organisations today, what's happening to humans when they've just got to the point where they're that pissed off that they'll quit their jobs with nothing to go to. Now, there's always been a bit of a rule, I think, that uh, don't leave until you've got something to go to. But at the moment, it would appear that uh, it's working in the other way. And uh, like any of these um, great things that happen, you know, the great digital disruption and the great Whatever else it might be, these things uh, get magnified, I believe, well past what they really are. And that's where I sort of wanted to head today is whilst there's some data, and we love data, particularly when data and research suits our argument, and I'm no different to that, but I guess having a conversation or maybe putting some other ideas out there today about what might be really going on and just getting people to stop in all the, the hype at the moment of of the world of work and the way that the work's going to be and and what organisations need to do and even, get this, even how you can be helped by those uh, those big consultants that are very, very good right now at putting out some very, very, um, let's call it a bit of liberal uh, use of data to create fear and then come in behind that and say, but have we got a deal for you? Come and use this survey. We've got this other tool here. We can show you how you can stop the great resignation from impacting on you. So we'll get into some of these things, but sort of want to break it down into, into four areas today. And the first one is what I'm going to call bitter truths and sweet lies. The second one is around our human disposition for shiny things and being distracted by shiny things. The third one is about are we really just playing catch up here in this space? And then the fourth one is, well, what can you do? If things are so out of control, if there is such a thing as the great resignation, maybe maybe it's not that, maybe it's something else, but uh, we love to call it that. But let's kick off with this idea of bitter truths and sweet lies. And I love this quote by Dennis Diderot that says, we swallow greedily at any lie that flatters us, but we sip on little by little at a truth we find bitter. 
We swallow greedily at any lie that flatters us, but we sip on little by little at a truth we find bitter. I love that. And um, I think when I read that quote I, and I was thinking about the Great Resignation, or as it's been called as well, I've got to love this one, the turnover tsunami that's resulted in a wave of resignations or intentions to resign like we've never experienced before, I'm just wondering that because it's the headline on the front page, is it actually the truth? I see some of the media whipping this up like a frenzy. You know, the great resignation, it's here and it's real. Employers fear effects of the great resignation. The great resignation waves coming for companies. And even this one, should you join the great resignation club? And, you know, I sort of look at it like this, the sweet nectar of those headlines. And really, are they flattering lies that we can't seem to get enough of? And, and I just wonder about, if you're not reading it in there, go into YouTube, have a look there as well. There are so many experts, so many thought leaders who I think are using fear here as a powerful way to weaponize this great resignation or this tsunami turnover. So, Bitter truths or sweet lies? Let's have a think about that for a minute. The convenient truths that are being rolled out at the moment about the data that we see over those periods of time and, you know, what are those convenient truths hiding which is really the inconvenient truth? To try and create something that, I guess, starts us all over again, starts another cycle through organisational life through the world of work, our ability to, to mask what's really going on, to hide that in order to, I think at the moment, hide behind some short-term statistics, and I call them that very, very deliberately, in order to, to, to really cover up what has been going on for decades. And, and there's a bit of justifying someone's own existence in that. How dare we let people see what's really been going on for decades, you know, that whole idea of the little truths when we can create something in a moment created by the pandemic, which is a terrible thing, don't get me wrong, but, you know, even to the absurdity of blaming the pandemic for the great resignation or for the fact that people and human beings have become pissed off. So what they're doing at the moment is they're choosing to leave and they're leaving in droves. Well, there are some interesting numbers that sit around all of that sort of stuff. So let's have a look at some of them. So there is some data out there as well that talks about that since 2009 that resignations have been increasing year on year, that average turnover rates have increased by quite a substantial amount since 2015. The burnout has been rising for years, before the pandemic, in fact, 53% of millennials were already burnt out pre-pandemic. Disengagement rates have been increasing since 2013. But apparently, it's only really happened in the last 20 months. It's just gone berserk that this great resignation has taken over. So why would we look at the data that doesn't support what's being put out there at the moment, that perhaps we're using a sweet little lie to hide the bitter truth. And I love this quote from a colleague of mine who will be coming onto the podcast soon, 
leadership consultant, and I call him truth teller, Simon Terry, when he said this recently in an article, I'm frustrated by discussions of the great resignation, an anticipated wave of coming resignations, and employers are presented as the victims of this COVID-inspired act of the employees. So here's a little bit here around, let's call it the bitter truth bomb. So it's so bitter in its taste that we choose to avoid it and we look for a lie that will be sweeter and more palatable as we look to hide the systemic patterns of the decades of poor management and leadership. So this is really getting to the guts of the sweet lie to hide the bitter truth, is that in essence, for years, for decades, there's been so much of this attrition happening because what's happened is that the words like our people, the most important thing in our business, that we put them before our profits are absolute bullshit because they don't play out that way. And, and so we continue to see people move on. We squeeze the hell out of people. We want more, more with less, all of these sorts of things. So as the bonuses have got bigger and the profits have got higher and the, and the percentage difference between CEOs' wages and those who are at the lower levels continue to increase, surely this story that employers are victims of these COVID-inspired acts, we can't be serious about this stuff. So one of the things I would say to you is this great resignation could well be just a sweet-tasting lie that flatters you and allows you to play the victim in a moment when you are absolutely against sipping on the bitter truth of what's been going on, which is for decades there has been an absence of true human leadership. So like anything, and I know as a kid, and at times we were given medicines that we didn't want to take, it was bitter, but it was going to be helpful for us, a bit like this situation I see at the moment, my advice would be this on this first point. Hold your nose and drink up. Because it's only going to taste bitter for a few seconds, but it's going to allow progress over time that humans have been craving for decades. And it may well not just, let's say, slow down this supposed great resignation at the moment, but help us to change the way that work's done. So that's the first one. The second one I want to talk about is what I call the shiny things. So this is something that that I suffer from quite a bit is I could be sitting there doing some, what I'd call good deep work and all of a sudden some shiny thing flies past my face. It takes my notice. Look, it could be an email. It could be a ping on my phone. It could be something on YouTube. It could be something that somebody sent me and all of a sudden I've lost my concentration. I've lost my connection with the present and what's going on and I have been attracted to something very shiny zipping past my face. Something I've been trying to work on myself for, for many, many years. And again, I want to share a quote on this one by a fellow by the name of Joe Tripodi, who says, don't get seduced by the next shiny thing because you'll get caught up chasing shiny things and that will keep you from addressing what you really need to accomplish. So let's take this into the context of the great resignation. Because we love shiny things because they provide a sense of distraction for us and an attractiveness that allows us for a brief moment to avoid the more, let's call boring, which I'm going to call code for hard, elements of our day-to-day -day work. 
These shiny things can turn up in a whole lot of different ways. One of them can be that we're looking for stories that suit the story we have running around in our heads. So that story at the moment can be, it is the pandemic. It's not me. It's not, I'm not the reason why I'm losing people. It's just out of my control. It's out of my hands. I can only control what I can control. I want you to think about that. These stories are really driven by a need for individual survival and to source out and sense the danger to our existence. So it's very easy for us, for a species that has between 12 and a half and 65,000 thoughts per day, it is very easy for us to get caught up with the shiny thing becoming for us the next thing that can distract us and move us away from the hard work. To practice the skillful art of work avoidance and even worse, give us a really strong excuse for why things aren't going according to plan. And I can just see this right now. On the Zoom meetings, on the Teams meetings, wherever you might be, is the conversations will be very much about the shiny things because they spread very quickly, not unlike this virus. Once word of mouth gets out there, once the exposure comes through a whole lot of different channels in the media, social media, whatever it might be, I can just hear these conversations starting in rooms now, like things like, hey, did you hear about the great resignation? Or we must get on top of the tsunami turnover. Our very survival depends on it, and we need to come up with a strategy to combat this. But you know what's really interesting? I think that many organisations will be using the pandemic as the thing they can't control because it's shiny and it's created something which they're now saying, well, in their own minds anyway, it's created the great resignation, even though the data would tell us that people have been resigning at a higher rate for at least the last 12 or 13 years. But that doesn't suit the narrative at the moment because there's something that's not as shiny going on, which is that, in essence, people have been treated pretty poorly for a long period of time. And this could well be just the thing that's tipped them over the edge. But we want to make it shinier than that. It's not shiny enough if this is just the thing that's tipped people over the edge because that doesn't take the blame away enough. It's got to be something more. And I think it's something for, for all of us to think about is that we're throwing around the data and saying that up to 95% of the workforce is, I'm going to use this word, think about this word, considering leaving their organisation like considering isn't the same as actually leaving. And as I have been, as we all do these days in the world of work, maybe for the last 20 or 30 years, is people look around. Well, you've only got to look on LinkedIn and you get a great sense that there's always jobs being shown up there. There are people looking around. You can notice that some of your friends and colleagues have, have shifted roles, gone to different organisations. So, you know, this, this idea that it's been caused by the shininess of one thing is something that I really think we need to look at. Because for me, we're starting to really absolve responsibility. The responsibility that as managers and as the senior custodians in organisations, absolving this responsibility, it's an easy option in justifying that 100% of this great resignation is due to the pandemic and it's really a way of avoiding your part in the mess.
So have a think about this. Are you seeing shiny things? Is it really about the narrative that you want to create? Because, you know, this is, a, this is an ongoing thing. We create narrative. We are storytellers. We create the narrative to, I think, suit ourselves. And in times where we need to clutch onto something, something shiny that helps to keep us feeling safe, that helps to keep us surviving, that will help us to get our bonus, to keep our jobs, it's very easy to grab hold of something to justify the way things are, even though that narrative is false. So ask yourself the question, is the narrative false? Is there something else going on here that you're not prepared to step into? And the other thing is to ask yourself this question, is there really a great resignation going on or are you caught in the trap of going after the next shiny thing? So that's the second one. I think the third one for me, and I don't know, this one might piss a few people off as well. And, you know, I play a bit in this space, so maybe I'm uh, shitting my own nest here as well, but certainly I'll be shitting in some nests. I've got no doubt people will, uh, will not like what I'm about to say. I don't know if anyone else has noticed this, but uh, I certainly have. And I said, we've seen lots of things written on LinkedIn and we've got lots of things in the press and lovely white papers coming out from the big consultants that I'm going to say are bearing gifts and creating a whole lot of fear. So they're starting with the fear about the great resignation and, hey, you know, here's the data and the great resignation is upon us and get you need to get in front of it. In fact, it might be too late for you now. Your business is in jeopardy. The war for talent is incredible. You don't want to lose your good people, but they're resigning en masse. So here's the fear piece. So it's almost like the call to action. It's like, let's scare the shit out of them. And now we'll come bearing gifts. So on the back of a lot of these articles I've read on the dilemma and the diabolical situation that the world of work finds itself in, usually towards the end, we will see something like, the bearing of gifts, as I call it, the survey, the strategy, the new way that we've come up with that is going to make sure that your business isn't decimated in a mass exodus through this great resignation or turnover and usually wrapped up in a neat little bundle. I think the popular one at the moment is they talk about future-proofing. It's a way we're going to help you future-proof your business. So, I think you need to be really, really conscious of this. And this isn't a tactic that's just started now. This is just an ongoing tactic. Let's scare the shit out of them. Let's put it out there. Let's, let's throw some data around. Let's create the narrative or use what we've got and let's amplify that. Let's absolutely build it into something that it isn't. Let's forget about what's happened in the last 10 or 20 years because right at the moment when there's a whole lot of fear in the world, we just want to elevate that fear so that humans aren't thinking properly and they're just going to move ahead and make some changes. And they're going to make those changes pretty quickly or they're going to fall into the trap of the gift that has been put in front of them, even though once they unwrap that gift, they might find that it wasn't what they wanted. In fact, it wasn't what they needed at the time. It was to have a bit of a different look at what had been going on over a period of time. So... My point here is to be wary of consultants bearing gifts. 
be wary of consultants creating fear and be wary of getting sucked into that vortex that you may have, I guess, has become common practice in organisational life, whether it was after the GFC, there's a whole lot of other things, whether it's about the stagnant change in employee engagement over 40-odd years, but our friendly consultants will always find a way to package up a nice little gift for you. So watch out for the fear stuff, watch out for fear-mongering, have your bullshit detectors on, have your radars focused in, and look inwardly at your organisation before you start to look out. So let's sort of get to the guts of it all now. There's some things I want you to think about, but it amazes me, fellow humans, that we seem to be playing catch-up, as I call it. So this is point number four. We are in the playing catch-up game. It's like two surveys a year. Let's see how the people are. Let's let's think about when we send the survey out because, you know, change is happening and, and we're not quite sure how engagement's going to be or satisfaction's going to be. And, look, there's never a good time to do these things. So we continue to roll these surveys out. We continue to go through the same process of picking three or four things that aren't working well and focusing in on them and then finding usually by the next time a survey is done, there's no real material change. We might see a bit of an up and down, maybe three to five points on some of those. If if you have a really good year, you might see a 10-point uplift and you know you see that you're above the average for organisations in your region of the world or in the world and all of a sudden things are okay. When things aren't that good, we'll have our business partners in HR scurrying around with their forms, coming into meetings with managers who are sitting there thinking, fuck, here we go again. I've got to get three things that I'm going to do better. It's going to impact on my performance review as well, so I better make sure that I tick the boxes here and get moving. And we play catch up every year. And then all of a sudden we get to the pandemic and the shiny thing turns up, the sweet lie turns up, the great resignation, the tsunami turnover, the, all of these things have turned up now and what I really think is that we've got to stop playing catch up and we've got to get in front of the game. And we could have done that 10 years ago, we could have done that 20 years ago, but we didn't. We relied on... A human beings just putting up with shit and, you know, losing a few here and there, losing some good ones, losing some poor ones, going through the bell curve, trying to remove the ones and the twos if we could. Usually the ones went straight away. The twos, we had to perform, put them on a PIP or a performance management, very lazy process. Let's try and keep the ones at the top end because they bring in the revenue and they do the great work and we just keep going through this process, playing catch up. But what's really happened is that we've ignored what's really going on, is that over time, human beings have just become more and more pissed with what's going on. And they will get to a point when they can get past their hard wiring for for safety and security, where it just becomes too much. So they'll resign. And yet, we'll do an exit interview and no one will really speak the truth Uh, It was just the right time. They didn't quite fit in. They weren't a fit anymore. They're not a match. We're moving in a different direction. You know, you can can wrap that turd up any way you want. And we've just kept going. That's the way it is. That's the way it's going to be. So 
stop playing catch up, start getting in front of the game. And I really look at some things here in regards to how do you get in front of the game? Well, I wanted to share some ideas with you and I don't think that these ideas are new. And if we started to look at this sort of stuff, I wonder what might happen rather than going through what we usually go through, we start to change. So here's some ideas that might work for you. Have you truly engaged with your people, listened to them, understood them, shown empathy, vulnerability and compassion over their time in your business, over the time that you've been in the business? And I'm not talking about the last 20 months here, but more like the last 20 years. So there's this sort of surprise at the moment. Like, look what's going on. But really, if we want to get underneath that, people shouldn't be surprised. Organisations shouldn't be surprised. Consultants shouldn't be surprised. The employment agencies shouldn't be surprised. They're probably rubbing their hands together. Really, what it's come down to is all of the things that fundamentally make us human, a deeper sense of belonging, stronger sense of belonging, deeper sense of connection to others in the organisation, a strong feeling of how your relevance and contribution as an individual is helping for an organisation to meet its objectives. But no, we don't talk about that sort of stuff. Creating that space where humans feel like they've got permission to design a life that incorporates work but allows them to get into some other things like time for self, time for their families, time in their communities, time to work on physical, mental, emotional well-being, conversations around careers, all of these things that we've really taken for granted and, you know, we've usually done the tick the box with them. So it's like let's run a lunch and learn on work-life balance. Let's once a year have a conversation with our people about their careers and really tick the boxes to make sure that we just continue to do what we do. In some respects, playing catch up in itself. So humans haven't felt safe. And when humans don't feel safe, they'll start to look for ways to deal with it. And as I've said before in this episode, this isn't about the last 20 months. This is about the last couple of decades is that human beings have been moving on. They've been resigning. It might look like it's been pushed into a shorter time frame if we look at the data. But in essence, what's really been going on is we've tried to play catch up. We've chased the shiny things. We've sucked on the nectar of the sweet lie because we wanted to hide the bitter truth that really it's not the great resignation that's creating what's going on right now. This has been going on for a long time. And the narrative that has always been created, the patterns that have emerged over time, consultants come in, they identify a problem, the organisations stand back and say, well, the consultants can work on that. And if it doesn't fix it, well, then it's the consultant's fault, not mine. There's a whole lot of stuff going on. The system, the way the system is set up, the system is there to bounce back. It's been around for 100 years and... The system ain't going to give up really quickly. So the idea, I think, that everything's going to change is, I think, really looking at, this, looking at it this way, that we are really caught up in relentless optimism here where the brutal realism is that 
the system is actually doing what it's designed to do to keep us exactly where it wants us to be. Because the system is made up of humans and humans who have been rewarded for decades. So there will be some people at the moment who will be a bit knocked off balance because of the data that's coming out and there'll be boardrooms with meetings going on and there'll be crises and there'll be all sorts of things going on and there'll be lots of hullabaloo about how we're going to fix it and what we need to do. But think about this, if you would, for a moment as I wrap up for this uh, little mini episode of the Simply Practically Human podcast is that what are you doing to change the system? And if you're going to change the system, you've got to change yourself. So stop looking at the shiny things. Stop hanging around those sorts of people who are bearing gifts and creating fear. Stop playing catch up and start treating people with empathy, with dignity, vulnerability, compassion, and last of all, as human beings. So there you go. That's my take on it. I don't think it's the popular one at the moment, and I'm sure I'm going to cop a bit of shit about this, but I think it's worth having the conversation. I think it's worth having the debate. I am a little tired of reading everything that's going one way at the moment about this thing that's happened in the last 20 months and how it is the cause of what we're seeing when really this has been going on forever, for as long as we've treated people the way we have in the workplace. Hey, if you love this one, get those thumbs out, press away, rate me five stars, give us a review. And if you didn't like it, that's up to you. You can give me a review as well and tell me I'm an absolute dickhead and I've got this totally wrong because I think that's what's going to make some for some healthy debate, that we hear some different perspectives. I'm bringing you mine. Doesn't mean that you need to hate on me. Doesn't mean I'm going to hate on you. But let me tell you, perspectives are everything in order to try and work out what's really going on here. If you liked it, Share it with your friends and maybe not just your friends who you think will like it, but share it with some of your friends who you know won't like it. See if you can start a conversation in your boardroom or in your office or wherever that may be on a Zoom meeting, on a Teams meeting. And rather than calling people out and shutting people down, let them in and listen to what they've got to say. But until next time, keep it simple, keep it practical and keep it human. Bye for now.